Hey, good afternoon. Today is October the 16th of 2019. I just had something in my mind. Um, I don't know if you have been watching the news lately. Um, I am originally from Ecuador, South America. And uh, one of the things that I noticed in, during the last two weeks, and actually it's because a neighbor of mine always watches the news and he told me, is that my country was in turmoil. And uh, when I started uh, listening to the news and things like that, it didn't surprise me because when the people get really upset at a president or if something uh, that the president does that affects the entire population, the people will rise. And uh, we, we, the people have actually removed presidents from their power. And at one point, I think, when I was in Ecuador years ago, we had like about three presidents in one single day. Um, I know that the United States is, is a, it's democratic also because you also do your elections. Um, but it's, I, I think it would be kind of hard for you guys to be able to do something like that where the people here in the United States will rise and have to uh, boot out a president by that. Ecuador is a small country, like almost the size of the state of Maine. But um, when the people really get upset, um, specifically the indigenous people this time um, were the main uh, people who actually um, rose up against the policy that, the new, that this president um, put out. Um, I haven't lived in Ecuador for 10 years plus now. Uh, so things have changed. The government that was there before I left was a socialist government of the new age, what the, what the ex-president called it. And um, this president left Ecuador in a huge debt uh, with China. And um, logically, this new president, which just happened to be the vice president of the ex-president, now became the president of Ecuador. Um, blames everything on the ex-president for the country's current state. What I am really concerned about is that you can't blame someone when you were also part of that government because you were also responsible. You were the vice president, so you knew what the president was doing. And he is like a pilot, washing his hands and just allowing others to take the blame. Um, there were two weeks in which a lot of thousands of dollars were, were, were just in the drain because of buildings that were, uh, that were burnt, um, all these things. Um, this could have been avoided before anything like this would have happened. But it takes the people to rise up in order for a government to change their opinion on a decree. I think it was 883 or something like that. Um, it's amazing for me to see, you know, that people in Ecuador can live with a salary of $300 per month. I used to do that, but I used to have two jobs, and I had an advantage that I knew how to speak English. So it opened many doors for me and to be able to find other jobs because of my English proficiency and my level of speaking, which is called almost native. Uh, I do have an accent, and you could probably notice that. But going back to the original thought is that um, I'm, I'm very thankful that now uh, the country is back to normal, um, though I do believe that this current government needs to change. Um, they cannot stay in power. Uh, politicians, unfortunately, um, 
most of them, I'm not going to generalize, uh, but most of them are only looking for themselves, not the people. So I hope that uh, this government does change uh, for the better of the people because we don't, I hope we don't get to see something like what we just saw like the past two weeks. Um, So, you know, um, thank thank God that um, you guys here in America have uh, this type of government. Um, You have checks and balances, you know, the the legislative, executive, and um, judicial system which which kind of balance it out um, Ecuador which has been a small country known for corruption uh, from high tops um, it, it's kind of uh, easy to give someone a little bit of money and and, and, and get what you need to do uh, here in the United States is not that easy though I think it could happen I don't know I haven't been witness to it but um, it could so anyway, um, it was just my thought, you know, that now that I'm here in the United States until July, um, if God wills it, uh, I'm able to continue adjustment of status and become a permanent resident. Um, but in the meantime, I thank God that uh, he has brought me to the United States and, and my immigration case um, is still pending. So it's almost four years now. It's actually more than four years now. Um, that I've, uh, I haven't been able to work. So that's the hardest thing, um, not being able to work um, and uh, in having the willingness to work. Um, but, you know, logically, uh, a lot of people have said, well, why don't you work under the table? It's, it's a very tempting offer, but I would not do it because um, simply I don't want to go to immigration court and if they ask me a question, um, if I had been working under the table or something like that, I don't want to lie. Um, because I know that that would be another another thing they can use against me. And I'm very thankful that uh, I think it was three courts, uh, high courts, uh, blocked Trump's new policy of um, public charge. Uh, so they, uh, immigration courts or, immigra- or USAIS cannot use that against people who are coming to the United States as permanent residents or people who are here as permanent residents and becoming um, United States citizens. So, but logically, the government has all the power and authority to take that into a higher court and appeal that decision in the meantime. But so I hope that uh, people who are right now adjusting status can take advantage of, of the blockage of this policy and be able to adjust status. Um, so anyway, I'll let you just with that. And I hope that um, you'll have a good day. Bye.